Welcome to the Game of Thrones Rehash Podcast, Alternative Ending Episode. Just kidding. This is the Water Values Podcast, Session 148. Welcome to the Water Values Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to water utilities, resources, treatment, reuse, and all things water. Now here's your host, Dave McGimsey. Hello and welcome to another session of the Water Values Podcast. As my daughter Sarah said, my name is Dave McGimsey and thanks so much for joining me. We have a great show for you today. We have Radhika Fox, the head of the U.S. Water Alliance, and she does a terrific job. You can tell she's a communications professional because her message is crisp, clear, and she gets her point across very easily. She's terrific. You're going to love listening uh, to her take on infrastructure, given that infrastructure week just concluded. So uh, we'll get to Radhika in just a moment. Uh, Before we get there, a few housekeeping items as normal. Uh, Thank you very much for the great ratings and reviews recently. a couple more five-star ratings and a nice review from Calvin Swomley. Hope I pronounced your name correctly, Calvin. Uh, Calvin says, more people need to know about this podcast. Educational and still fun to listen to. Great podcast. Guests are big names within the water industry and provide valuable insights. This podcast helped me get up to speed on water-related issues and trends when I was new to the industry. Can't wait for the next episode. Well, thank you very much, Calvin. Really appreciate you uh, giving that terrific review and the five-star rating. Uh, much appreciated. Um, also, I noticed that on at least the, on the Apple podcast I typically pull up, I can't see ratings and re- I can't see the reviews uh, from non-U.S. countries. But I did find them on Chartable.com, uh, and so. I missed a, a rec- I've, I missed a bunch of them, uh, but I want to give shouts out shout outs to those folks too who left those reviews. Um, and we're going to start I'll, I'll, because there's a bunch of them. I'm going to um, read you know just one or two a week, depending on how, how you know how long, however long it takes to get through these things. Uh, but in any, but in any event, Schwint thirty seven says via Apple Podcasts Canada on April nineteenth of twenty nineteen. Uh, he, he says, great for anyone interested in water, or she says, great for any, anyone interested in water. This podcast is well thought out. He picks topics and questions that are relevant to our times. This isn't a fluffy podcast, but it is entertaining. I would recommend this to water professionals, conservationists, and anyone interested in water. Well, Schwinn 37 thank you so much for the great rating and the review. Uh, I'm sorry for the belated uh, acknowledgement on the, on the show, but uh, we'll, we we did get to you. That's the important thing, right? So I uh, really appreciate you taking time to leave a rating and a review of the podcast on Apple podcasts. So with that, uh, we're just going to get on to Radhika Fox with this terrific interview she gives on infrastructure and some of the other things going on with the U S water lines. So with that, Open the valves, fasten your seatbelts, and here we go. Well, Radhika, welcome to the Water Values Podcast. So glad you could come on. How are you today? I'm doing great, and it's, it's really wonderful to join you. I'm a big fan of your podcast, so um, great to be a guest. Yeah, well, thanks so much. I know it's been a few years since we've, uh, we've, we've been trying to get you on, so uh, we're so happy that you – I know you're very busy, too, so it, uh, uh, it, it's great that you're able to come on and share some of your wisdom and knowledge about water with us. Uh, for those folks who don't know you, can you tell us a little about your background and how you got interested in water? So I, um, am, I, I feel like I'm an accidental uh, arrival to the water sector. Um, 
you know, I my background is actually in philosophy and religion um, for undergrad, and then I did urban planning uh, for grad school. And so a lot of my career has, has really been at the intersection of infrastructure, um, transportation, housing, uh, broadband, and the ways in which that helps uh, cities grow, uh, the ways in which um, infrastructure can create economic opportunity for, for people. Um, and so, so I really come with a very broad background around infrastructure and community, and then um, Gosh, back in 2011, I had the opportunity to join the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission um, as they were undertaking their major capital improvement program to rebuild the sewer system. And they put in place a community benefits policy to help guide the work of the agency. And so, so that's how I sort of fell into water. It was from this focus on infrastructure to then um, to thinking about the workforce and economic opportunity tied to the sewer program in, in the Bay Area. I, that is, that's fantastic. You're perfect for what the water sector needs because we do have all these infrastructure needs. Um, and, and what are you doing now? What, what, what has kind of all this led, you know, culminated in so far? running the U.S. Water Alliance now, and we're a national network of uh, utilities, uh, private companies, nonprofit organizations, environmental groups, and what we're trying to do at the U.S. Water Alliance is really to bring together all of the diverse interests that have a stake in our nation's water future um, and to really find common ground solutions. Um, we believe that it's really through collaboration that we're going to solve our nation's water problems. And the challenge that we face, I think, in the water sector is we have so much us versus them thinking. Um, it's fish versus farms. It's urban versus rural. Um, it's water for cities versus um, water for rural areas. So all of these um, divided ways of thinking about water, we're really trying to unite people to find those, um, those forward-leaning solutions. I, that's that is a great message to to be bringing out there. Uh, before we kind of get into the crux of it, because you know Infrastructure Week just finished up um, by the time this is released, and I, I really want to talk with you about infrastructure. But uh, from from that kind of collaboration and uniting aspect, I, I am curious now that you've been on the job for a few years, what you find has worked well. Uh, for, you know, kind of the, the collaboration models and, you know, how do you find that common ground? Well, first we focused on um, inspiring people to possibility thinking. I think that so often um, in, an, in an industry like the water industry, which is, you know, very technical, it's very complex, the challenges that we face, uh, we often get to kind of stuck in the way, in, in our ways of thinking. So a lot of the work that we do at the Alliance is how do you frame things in a way that helps people see themselves as part of the solution. Um, then we're very focused on kind of convening people across um, silos uh, in, and to help build trust, to build rapport, to understand different perspectives. Um, and then we're able to bring together policy and communications, uh, data, uh, to then um, bolster and advance the solutions that are coming out of those um, those convenings. So, so that's sort of our model is first inspiring people to possibility thinking, uh, 
convening people to help forge those common ground solutions and then bringing sort of best-in-class communications research data to um, put meat on the bones of the solutions that are identified. Yeah, I, I think that's such an important message. So I, I applaud you for that work there. You know, I was I was just talking to a um, a consultant I do work with, and he was he was saying that you know one of the one of the problems that he sees is that too often the utilities don't talk to each other, the neighboring utilities. So if one's going to be pumping a lot of water out of you know sinking a new well or something like that, they aren't telling other utilities in the area how it worked. You know that they're going to be doing that. And it leads to all kinds of problems and territorial issues. And that's, you know, I think talking to one another and building those collaborative networks is like you are doing is so important. So kudos to you for that. Thank you. Oh, you, you bet. So, well, let's get in, let's get into the infrastructure questions, right? So uh, with your background in infrastructure, can you give us the broad brush reasons why, why the focus needs, we need to focus on infrastructure issues? is the scaffolding upon which our, our all of our communities and our economy is built, right? I mean, infrastructure is a thing that helps get our children to school. It powers our homes and businesses. Um, it's a vast transportation network that ensures that, um, you know, deliveries happen on time. So we relied on, uh, rely on it every day. And um, at the Alliance, we are really proud to um, convene something called the Value of Water Campaign on behalf of the water sector. And what we're really trying to do with the Value of Water Campaign is say, um, you know, to really shine a light on the invisible and often out of sight infrastructure of uh, water, drinking water, wastewater systems. But if you think about it, you know, you can't, we are really fortunate for most people in this country, uh, if you're in America, can turn on the tap and clean water comes out, they flush their to- toilets, uh, that water goes away and it's clean and returned to the environment. People don't think about that vast network um, of infrastructure and water systems that make that all happen. Um, and so what we really think also is that we are at a moment of risk when it comes to our nation's water infrastructure. Uh, you know, water main breaks every two minutes in this country, and, and there's tremendous stressors from climate change and other factors. Um, so we really believe now is the time to invest in infrastructure broadly, but in our nation's water um, and wastewater systems in particular. Yeah, so how are you getting the message across to to constituents of of consumers, or yes, constituents of, of infrastructure providers, you know, utility customers, uh, things of that nature, just because it seems to me that, that the educating those folks is what is going to be so important in, in building the case to uh, invest in that infrastructure.
But, you know, the education of the general public alone is not enough. We really need to also be um, engaging our elected officials, our policymakers, our regulators around what's at stake. And so one of the ways that we do that is um, by participating in Infrastructure Week, which, which just happened last week. Uh, and through that work, the Value Water Campaign has partnered with the Chamber of Commerce, the AFL-CAO, Brookings. Uh, it's a very bipartisan effort. And, and part of what we're trying to do there is, you know, infrastructure is not enough on the radar of the American people, and certainly water infrastructure is even less so. And so by partnering with these groups that are focused on all kinds of modes and, and elevating water in that debate, we think we can make progress. Yeah. How, how is the message being received by local elected officials? I think that's a pretty important element that you kind of brought up. of investment in water infrastructure is that at the local level, we are seeing incredible leadership. Um, you know, if you think about a Mayor Garcetti in Los Angeles or um, uh, uh, many mayors around the country, many city council are, are prioritizing that. There are many ballot initiatives that have been passed in the last several years um, calling where people are taxing themselves, right, to invest in, in this infrastructure. And what we also know um, from our polling work through the Value of Water campaign is that nearly all voters believe it's important to prioritize um, uh, rebuilding in America's infrastructure. So three and four Democrats agree, three and four Republicans, whether you're uh, black or white, if you're a woman or a man, you recognize that importance. I think where uh, a bit of a – and then I also think, David, what's interesting is that at the state level, there's a number of governors – who are prioritizing um, uh, in, uh, water in particular in their agendas. I live in California, and Governor Newsom is really taking some bold and exciting steps around safe drinking water. The new governors in Michigan, Wisconsin have prioritized water. So a lot of great momentum at the local and the state level. I do think we have a bit of a log jam federally, um, uh, which is, again, why things like Infrastructure Week, where we're uh, working inside the Beltway uh, to get our message through, is so important. Right, right. So uh, apart from the educational aspects, what are some of the solutions that, you know, are on the radar for the U.S. Water Alliance in terms of, of you know, keeping up our infrastructure issues? And so 
again, we need to um, explain to customers, we need to explain to our local elected officials why it is that we need to increase rates and what, what the benefits of those investments are to our communities. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm happy that you said rate increases because, uh, first off, Paying, paying the actual price for the service, I think, from just from an economic policy standpoint, that, that gives the users of the service, um, you know, more kind of skin in the game than if you provide them subsidized rates. But it also requires uncomfortable choices by those politicians to, you know, expend the political capital to actually raise the rates, right? So do you have any, any you know, feedback from how local officials are handling uh, the, the political aspect of having to raise those rates? Well, we, um, a couple of things. I mean, some of the things that we have found as effective kind of messages that work to build that political will that, that you're talking about, David, is one, um, to make the economic argument. Um, we know that every uh, dollar invested in infrastructure generates um, $3.70 in economic growth. Uh, for, for communities and for the nation. And so, um, so when we think about the return on the investment, I think that the cost makes sense. Um, we have also found that, the, that um, people understand the important public health um, and public safety uh, purpose of our drinking water and our wastewater systems. And so that is an argument that really does resonate um, with um, with. Uh, public officials. Uh, I think we've also started to think about how do we work more closely with public health leaders, right? Because they are often a trusted uh, spokesperson for issues. And, and again, with these very visible water crises that we've seen, um, they're an important partner. Um, we also think uh, people, I think, inherently, especially at the local level, understand the message around the cost of inaction. Um, we actually, in the Value of Water campaign study, found that um, you know if you have a disruption in water service, that can cost as much as $5,800 per uh, employee for a water-reliant business. And so the stakes are high um, if we don't invest. Right, right. So, um, it, it, so those that's all very uh, useful information. It's great. Are there other things uh, that are solutions to infrastructure issues? And, and I'll point you towards, let's see, uh, how about regionalization and consolidation? And, and I think those are a little different. Regionalization would, you know, be like utilities that are within close proximity, whereas consolidation, it can be utilities combining in close proximity. In close proximity. But it could also be corporate consolidation, you know, across a broad ge geographical area. Uh, have Have you guys looked at how, you know, either of those regionaliz regionalism or consolidation can can help with infrastructure issues? Um, we have actually. So, um, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, the Alliance hosted something called the One Water for America listening sessions, and we went around the country, visited fifteen communities and had conversations with all kinds of stakeholders from utilities to farmers to philanthropy to uh, the major green groups, community-based organizations, businesses, um, around you know, what are the most important transformational um, ideas and policies that we need to focus on as a nation to secure our water future. And what was 
That work got distilled down into seven big ideas for the sustainable management of water. And, and the, the, the most talked about issue um, that came up from all kinds of stakeholders was the hyperfragmentation that we have in the water industry and how that really holds us back in certain ways from finding efficiencies, from scaling things that are working, et cetera. And so we think that kind of um, any type of collaboration, partnerships um, at the, at, in regions really, really matter. Um, but as we also did that work, we, we realized that in, in many respects, this issue of utility consolidation is very much a third rail issue in the water sector. Yet, um, if we really want to achieve a one water vision, having 50,000 plus drinking water utilities, 18,000 plus wastewater utilities, we're just not going to be able to achieve the type of innovation that we need. And so what we did is kind of tackle that issue head on, probably one of the most political issues in the water sector. We convened a broad dialogue, um, and what came out of that is a set of guiding principles that, uh, uh, and really a call to action around how do we do responsible and um, community-based uh, value-based consolidation efforts. We also are really uh, proud to partner with um, the, the Environmental Finance Center at uh, UNC, uh, University of North Carolina, um, and, and uh, we looked at 10 communities uh, that have consolidated utility service um, to really look at what were the pros, what were the cons, what were the outcomes as far as improved water quality service, rates, affordability. Um, and so if any of your listeners are interested in seeing that work, um, it's all available for free on the U.S. Water Alliance website. Awesome. And, and what is that website, just so we don't, don't forget it? Oh, yes, absolutely. www.uswateralliance.org. Awesome. Well, those sound like great resources. Um, you also have a, a conference coming up here uh, in late summer, early fall, the One Water Summit 2019. Can you tell us a little about that? Yes. So on an annual basis, the uh, U.S. Water Alliance convenes the One Water Summit. We are going to Austin this year um, to really hear more about the Texas One Water story. We'll be there from September 18th to the 20th. Uh, we're planning to have about 900 folks from all over the country. Um, it is, I, you know, uh, I, I just have to say, I think it's one of the best water conferences in town. So, David, I hope you will join us. I hope your listeners will join us. Um, we tackle um, some of the thorniest issues uh, in the water um, sector from climate challenges to uh, workforce issues, green infrastructure, resource recovery, consolidation, um, you know, really the, 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 how do we uh, build better partnerships with the agricultural community. Um, we have delegations, uh, regional delegations that come from 50 regions around the country. So it's, it's a wonderful event. Um, I'd love for you to come and maybe record some podcasts while you're there. David. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll check it out. I, I you know, Part of the part of my issue is that I this is I don't want to say a hobby, but I mean it is. I don't I don't kind of get paid for this. This is just I produce this thing just to because I enjoy talking to you know industry leaders like yourself and uh, and others. And I've got to do something to pay the bills, and that's that's where uh, my billable hours come in. But so uh, I I I brought it up though because I think it is a. You're right. It's an important 
conference, and it's something that that touches on just as you described a wide uh, range of issues that I think are relevant to the uh, the whole one water picture. So I think your uh, I think the title of the conference, the One Water Summit, is is accurate, and and uh, uh, I would love to I would love to show up and and you know maybe record some podcasts when I'm down there. But um, in in any event, what. Uh, what have I not asked you today that you think is an important message to leave behind with uh, with the listeners? Well, I think that this is such an exciting time to be in the water sector. Um, we face, I think, unprecedented challenges when it comes to, um, you know, a more uncertain climate, aging infrastructure, uh, an aging workforce. Um, you know, dramatic demographic shifts, and all of these things are creating challenges for us in the water sector. But I also think that we are at an incredible tipping point um, around the kind of innovations that uh, forks uh, that folks are advancing uh, in in watersheds all around the country. And so, I think my message to your listeners is. You know, the challenges that we face right now are monumental, but our capacity for innovation and our capacity to drive sustainable solutions um, is, is also incredible. And so, you know, I just think it's a wonderful time to be in water. I think it's a wonderful time to be thinking about how we scale those things that are working um, so that all communities can benefit. I think that's a great summation, um, it, but it's something triggered in my head when you were when you were speaking and when you were answering, and that is kind of you, you mentioned we're at the tipping point now. I guess my my question would be how how has the industry changed? How have we started you know approaching that tipping point since you've you've kind of taken over your role uh, at the U.S. Water Alliance? I mean, how, I'd I'd love to kind of get your retrospective on that progress to you know how we how we've arrived at the point we are at. my job and so proud of the work that I have the honor of contributing to is really the um, ways in which many of our uh, utility members are really stretching past their historic mandate um, to really think about the broader impact that they have on their communities, their service territory, their economies. I mean, if you think about, you know, 40 years ago, uh, most utility general managers were, were engineers, you know, it was very inside the fence thinking about, you know, have I uh, done it, like I've done a good job if I'm delivering water, I've done a good job if there's no odor coming from the treatment plant. And I think one of the biggest um, innovations is that utilities are really viewing themselves as anchor institutions. They recognize that they're big um, employers. They recognize that their contracting processes really um, contribute to economic development. They realize that when their capital projects are going into communities, they can go in in ways that are really disruptive or can actually um, revitalize a place. And so um, I think that that is, to me, one of the most exciting things about the water sector is how the sector is really reimagining its role in society, reimagining its role um, in, in the economy of this nation. That's just, that's a great answer. I mean, even when I started practicing law 20 years ago, I mean, the, the people were pretty much like at that time, you know, no press is the best press you can, 
you can ask for because the only thing people complained about back then, I mean, whenever you raised rates, it was just the end of the world and, and all that. And so no one ever wanted any press. And now I've, especially over the last 10 years or so, I've, I've really seen that flip. And so I think you're, I, I think you're absolutely right. And you've really hit on something there uh, that, that utilities are starting to kind of, or they're recognizing their importance to the community. So, well, Radhika, you've been absolutely fantastic today. I l- love speaking with you. Um, it's great to, to, to learn about more of the work that you're doing and the U.S. Water Alliance is doing It's because it's very important work. And so we're, I'm just so happy that you were able to come on. So thank you so much. Well, thank you, David, and thank you for uh, the work that you do with the Water Values Podcast. It's, it's great, and I know it's a labor of love for you, so thanks for joining <laughs> me. Oh, you bet. Well, uh, Radhika, where can people go to find out more about you and the U.S. Water Alliance? Uh, so our website is a great resource. It's www.uswateralliance.org. And we're also just um, extremely honored to be able to staff the Value of Water campaign on behalf of the water sector. And so you can learn more about that at www.thevalueofwater.org. Awesome. Well, Radhika, thanks again. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, David. All right. Um, stay in touch, okay? Will do. Bye now. Well, I told you Radhika was going to give a great interview, and I hope you enjoyed it. She was terrific. Really appreciate her taking some time out of her incredibly busy schedule. So thank you so much, Radhika. Uh, You were terrific. Um, With that, I'd love to hear what you thought about that podcast. Uh, You can check out the show notes for this session at thewatervalues.com forward slash pod 148. Leave a comment on those show notes, or you can email me at david at thewatervalues.com. You can also tweet at me using my handle at DTM1993, and you can tweet about the podcast using the hashtag water values. And please do me a favor. Please rate or review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, uh, whatever podcast directory you're listening on, please leave a rating or review. I'll eventually get to it, uh, as you saw at the top of the show or you heard at the top of the show. That's a great way for people to find out about the podcast when you're ready to review it. That drives, you know, uh, suggestions and things of that nature. So please, uh, you know, give a rating and a review on the podcast directory you're listening on. You can also sign up for the Water Values newsletter and at uh, thewatervalues.com. And if you'd like to financially support the podcast, would love if, love it if you would and would be greatly appreciative of any donation um, in any denomination. Uh, you can do that. You go to thewatervalues.com, scroll down a little bit. There's a little yellow PayPal button. Click on that, and uh, the magic of the Internet takes care of the rest of it. So with that, let's close it out. In closing, please remember to keep the core message of the Water Values podcast in mind as you go about your daily business. Water is our most valuable resource, so please join me by going out into the world and acting like it. listening to the Water Values Podcast. Thank you for spending some of your day with my dad and me. Well, thank you for tuning in to the disclaimer. I'm a lawyer licensed in Indiana and Colorado, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as providing legal advice 
or as establishing an attorney-client relationship with you or with anyone else. Additionally, nothing in this podcast should be considered a solicitation for professional employment. I'm just a lawyer that finds water issues interesting and that believes greater public education is needed about water issues. And that includes enhancing my own education about water issues because no one knows everything about water.